Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined by international man of mystery, Ryan. Ryan, um, how's it going, man? It's good. I'm feeling shagadelic. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm feeling groovy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically, I'm low-key feeling like Austin, Texas powers. Okay. All right. I'm liking that. Um, there's a Austin, Texas powers. What's, what's that guy like? What do you, what do you, let's go, let's riff this one out, Patrick. <laughs> See, I, the only thing that I can think of is there's a guy at, at two, four, seven, whose last name, I think it's like Gabe powers or something like that. Um, yeah, that sounds he, right. that's Austin powers, son. Um, he, he, that, that's his, that's his son. Um, he does cover Texas, right? Isn't that I, that guy? I think so. So I guess that's Austin, that's Austin, Texas powers right there. That's, uh, <laughs> is that like, uh, that's like the, 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 the sister show to Walker, Texas Ranger. Is that, is that what I'm getting there? Yeah. Austin, Texas powers is Walker, Texas Ranger, but even more for the fellows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would actually be good. Yeah. <laughs> That's that sounds like uh, that sounds like good. That's just good pure television right there. Nothing wrong with that at yeah, all. Yeah, we, we love that. Um, Ryan, this uh, we we've got a college football slate here that we're going to talk about. It's the watch list show. I think you guys kind of know what we do here at this point. And uh, I will say, sticking with the theme here, this slate it it, it makes you horny, baby. Does the do, do, this slate it get <laughs> it gets you going? It it'll get you revved up. It's got mojo. It's got mojo coming out of every orifice. It's is uh yeah i mean this season just fucking rocks it's all good every week is good it's just going to be good for the rest of the way the uh the cheerleaders are fire they're firing fireworks out of their out of their tops Uh like we're we're seeing you know um (laughs) there's there's various uh you know gary patterson's getting like choked out in the analyst bathroom in the texas uh the texas uh you know media box and and they're asking who he works for yeah and you find out it's nick saban doing it yeah uh you know things like that are going on it's it's all good yeah it's uh it's cool and we like it um i don't know that we need to waste any time here we can get we can get right into other do we have things to sell we probably should sell some things before we do this um yeah well i mean the first thing we got to sell is ourselves patrick we were betting on us meet at midfield is a brand based about betting on yourself uh-huh. um in, in the literal sense too we are we are fixing games that we're involved in we're uh-huh. gambling on the outcome of our podcast and we're, we're making sure that we, we you know we're getting the the right guys in there to make sure things are taken care of yeah um if you want to learn how to fix games and, and do illegal crime while sorts um you should come subscribe to meet at midfield.com um, which is nominally one of the college football but also an website about you know could you take a wolf in a fight and if your media answer is yes it's also upside about um you know your subscribers getting mad at you because you like the yankees and yeah uh and things of that nature is this is this a real thing that has happened because I'll, I'll be honest there's a thread on the on the forum about the the mlb playoffs mm-hmm. i've not clicked on it a single time could not care less it's it not none of my business not my problem <laughs> Yeah, I posted a picture of me in a Yankees hoodie and, and our, our loser cuck uh, Cleveland Guardians fan. So like bad baseball teams are getting mad at me for it. Um, uh, not my problem. Not my problem. If you like the Guardians, that's a you problem. Personally, you shouldn't be doing that. They're never going to win. Uh, mm. And the Yankees are America's third team, baby. They're the number one franchise in, in sports history. It's it's the Yanks. You can, how can you hate the Yanks? Were you, I, I, I honestly do not know the answer to this. Were you a Pirates fan at one point? Yeah, I mean, I grew up. So here's the thing: is like my my dad's side of the family is all from New York, so I was always a Pirates fan. But anytime it came to actual playoff baseball, the Pirates, of course, were you know eliminated for two months by yeah. time. Yeah, they were not active, uh, not present in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically 
uh, tried to be a Pirates fan for as long as I humanly could. And when we made the playoffs, that's two seasons back to back in my life. I made the wild card game twice. Mm-hmm. Hugely exciting for me. Um, besides that, basically, you have no emotions around Pirates baseball. They're cool to like, you know, root for, but they have no no impact on my day to day life, my week to week life. They're just they don't matter. They, they yeah. never matter. Their owner is the worst owner in sports. Uh, Bob Nutting's a, a white devil. They're never going to spend any money. We're just going to have cool players that don't win any games forever. Uh, so when I moved to New York, I, I decided that, you know, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to relive my childhood, become a Yankees fan again. Okay. Um, Classic. And uh, why not? I'm, I'm in New York, baby. I'm in, I'm in Big Apple, in the greatest city on earth. You got to be rooting for the Yankees. You're not in New York, are you? Aren't you in New I'm not currently yeah. literally in New York, but I am spiritually in New York. If you, if I, you, do, who's your I do live in New York full time. I'm just yeah. currently in Argentina. Have you picked out a soccer team too? Is that do we do we have a soccer team set up for you? I, I need to know. No, I don't really. Damn. I mean, I just uh, here's where I, my I, my allegiance to the World Cup, or that I'll be rooting for the United States until they inevitably lose like the round of sixteen or quarterfinals. Yeah, generous and, maybe uh, even. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna be in Argentina for the duration of the World Cup, so I will be rooting for Argentina. As of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't think we can play each other like uh, until the. The final, which obviously is not going to happen, mm-hmm. but I will say, if I'm an American in Argentina and the United States is playing Argentina or something, I will be. I assume I'll be burned in effigy. Yeah, I'm also then literally burned. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll be featured in the first ever uh, uh, meet at midfield published beheading. It's going to be really fun. It's going <laughs> to you'll be the 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 star of our first ever video content, which is you being beheaded after the United States loses eight nothing in the final to Argentina. Um, it's yeah, unclear. It's unclear why they still went after you even after winning, <laughs> but uh, I guess it's just, you brought it on yourself. Um, we are also way to go. yeah we we could also sell here uh, home field apparel homefieldapparel.com if you use the code meet at midfield on your first purchase you would get 15% off it's something hypothetically that you could do if you have not yet made a purchase at home field apparel um and you know what home field apparel is it's high quality collegiate vintage apparel it's it's uh you know it's old logos it's it's the good stuff it's soft shirts it's things of that nature if you've not yet purchased some you should do it and you should use the code meet at midfield all one word for once again 15 percent off your first purchase um i don't i don't even need to, i i feel i i can't tell you people anything else about this if you don't know by now then you need to you need to figure it out. You need to go to homefieldapparel.com. You are behind the times, brother. You need to get over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my God, if you don't, if you're not wearing Homefield Apparel shirt to, um, you know, a hinge date where you show up and a girl then goes to you and doesn't actually come to dinner, um, that's the best time to wear Homefield Apparel gear. Or like if you're um, going to an uncle you didn't really like that much, his funeral. That's another great time to wear it. Yeah. Um, what are some other scenarios, Patrick, where you're wearing Homefield Apparel? Oh, you know, all of them. Love making uh, on a roller coaster, uh, on the airplane, flying the airplane, hijacking <laughs> the airplane. Um, really, any number of, of situations. You cannot go wrong with home field apparel. It's yeah. it's uh, that's that's the that's the slogan. Wear it while you hijack a plane. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. That's what they say. And don't forget. They also they did want us to include this week that home field apparel is non carcinogenic. Uh-huh. So in case you were worried about that, yeah, there's been a lot of rumors going around about that. <laughs> yeah, if you are pregnant, it's perfectly it fine to wear home field apparel. There's nothing bad will happen. Anybody spreading rumors otherwise, or that's uh, 
it's it's treating a, a good American company very unfairly, uh, and we we don't like that at all. Um, I don't much care. I don't love that the TSA has started uh, profiling people who wear home field apparel shirts, just assuming that they're going to hijack a plane. Just because one podcaster yeah. did it doesn't mean that everybody's going to. It's and uh, I believe it's an isolated they, incident. They don't they don't advertise this, but if you spend over three hundred dollars on home field apparel and you mention uh, uh, Midfield's name. You also do get automatic TSA pre-check, and they don't do yeah. any kind of background screen on you. So yeah, you can do whatever um, you want. Something to cons- yeah, you can do anything you want. That, <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool if there was a level of of TSA pre-check <laughs> where, like, you pay even more than the regular pre-check, and it's like, and you can smoke on the plane. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like we don't even care what you bring onto the plane. <laughs> <laughs> You have bought yourself fucking immunity. That sounds like something that that like late stage Jay Z would rap about. Is like, oh, I got the level of T- TSA where like I can take a cigar on the plane. It's like, oh, cool, man. That's awesome. Don't you have your own plane? Yeah. What do you mean you have to? <laughs> Why are you going through the airport? That doesn't even make sense. That's um, <laughs> that's really cool. It's cool yeah, to become like that. It's cool to become like an old guy and still doing the things that you like. Still, still doing the entertainment that you were doing when you were very young, but you have been, <laughs> you have not been interesting for like 30 years. And so you're just like my stock portfolio, it's looking real good these days. And that's every song. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. Very and then of cool course, like that. the embarrassing part though, the most embarrassing part of this is to be like a 21 year old Drake fan who hears Drake rapping about that. And it's like, that's so cool. That's like I awesome. can't wait till yeah. I have stock. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait till I'm like, you know, investing in art as a financial instrument, but like not actually cause I enjoy the art or uh-huh. getting like, you know, uh, fun out of it just like as the means of finance yeah that's a cool guy i'm gonna you can't be you you can't be calling you're referring to yourself as a drake fan in 2022 can't be doing that the man has not put out a a listenable song in like seven years cannot have that that's that's embarrassing it's he just can't can't do that not not gonna work um anyway homefieldapparel.com meet at midfield is the code for 15 percent off your first drake album thursday october 20th guantanamo bay game is troy at south alabama 7 30 p.m on espnu uh this is a a, as it stands currently a, a battle for supremacy in the sun belt west um I think it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I like that. I like to have division games like that that are important, uh, especially on a weeknight. We don't we don't get a ton of those. We've talked about it all season. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see, right? I think it's gonna be a good game. I, I think that South Alabama might be considerably better than Troy, but I think this is my kind of uh, you know preconceptions coming in. Yeah. Um, I know it's gonna be a pretty competitive football game overall, and I'm. I'm I'm not sure how you're leaning on this one. I'll kind of defer to you, but it, it seems like South Alabama's only a, uh, a, a field goal favorite here at home. So it's pretty much a, a, a you know neck and neck game according to according to the uh, the gamblers here. But um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great ball game. I'm excited to see this one. Um, South Alabama is quietly one of the best G5 teams in America, and of course no one's talking about them because. You know, we're the only podcast that kind of does that sort of thing. Yeah, they're they're only lost. They're five and one, and their only loss was thirty two to thirty one at the last second, basically against UCLA, who's one of the best teams in the country. Um, yep. They've been great. They've been really, really great. They were great last year for the start of the season too, and then things kind of fell apart uh, in the back half. It, I, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. It seems like they have a little bit more depth. They're a little bit more stable. This is year two for Kane Wilmack. Um, but you you look at some of their recent results and like. 
you know, they, they obviously, they didn't crush either of Louisiana or Louisiana Monroe, but they beat the shit out of Louisiana Tech. They beat the shit out of Central Michigan earlier in the season. Um, they are coming off a short week here, but it is at home. And I would agree that I think that they are just better. I think they're just a better team. They, they have, I, I will say I'm a little bit worried about that ULM result. They won that game 41 to 34. ULM seems like at least kind of competent enough to, to justify not being too upset about that. But that is still, I don't know. I don't like to see that. I don't like to see a seven point win over a Terry Bowden team. That's not, that's not ideal, but you know, Troy, I mean, did also just beat Texas state by three points. So it's, it's two sides of, of a pretty similar coin. I do think that South Alabama is better, but I don't, I don't know that it's like significant enough that I would be confident to say that they're just going to run away with it or anything. I think it's going to be a fun game. These are, these are two kind of similar teams, similar programs, the way that they want to do things. Um, defense first, young head coaches, guys who are very aggressive in the front six with blitz designs, things of that nature. Um, similar coaching trees that they come from. I believe John Sumrall was most recently, I, I don't believe I know, he was most recently at Kentucky. Uh, Kane Womack, of course, was at Indiana. He worked under his fairly well-known dad, Dave, at Ole Miss when Dave Womack was the defensive coordinator who helped to build those. Uh, really, a lot of guys in college football with a dad named Dave. Yeah, they do love to have a dad named Dave. Um, he was the architect of those really uh, fun, good uh, Ole Miss defenses in like 2013, 2014, 2015. Land Sharks. Yeah, the yeah. Land Sharks. Um, and Kane Womack does a lot of the same stuff, whereas John John Sumrall was at Kentucky, and they, I mean, it's pretty similar. It's a pretty similar idea to defense. And so I think that this is going to be maybe not like the high-scoring junk food that you would usually get from, you would usually expect, rather, from a weeknight Sunbelt game, but I think it's going to be really compelling. I think it's going to be really good defensively a lot of really interesting stuff happening on that side of the ball um and and could probably be kind of a slugfest is not the right word but but sort of a a heavyweight fight where they're feeling each other out for the lot of the for a lot of the game and it's just which offense can make one or two more plays um I'm excited for it it's not a game that we get to see a lot from this this kind of you know from the Sun Belt in general they don't produce a ton of defensive battles but I think that that could absolutely be the case here yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, it. It should be, like you said, defensive battle. These are two of the top defenses in America. Um, over-unders listed at 46 and a half right now, mm. um, which is obviously obviously <laughs> tight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other game in this window we have, Pat, is Virginia at Georgia Tech uh, at 730 at ESPN. Um, not really much to care about this game. Obviously, other teams ain't any competition for anything here. Yeah. Georgia Tech has a cool story in the sense that Brent Key has has uh, kind of been very good as an interim, right? I mean, like you really can't complain about what he's done. Yeah. Um, uh, he's gone two and zero so far in his time as, as an interim, I believe, I believe right? Because they fired a uh, they fired uh, Jeff Collins after UCF. Is that correct? Um, that sounds so right. Been... It was early. It was so, early in the year. I believe Brent Key's two and zero, right? Yeah, so two and zero for Brent Keys and Tony Elliott. On the other hand, has fucked up Virginia so quickly, so badly <laughs> that they are a dog to Georgia Tech in his first season. Yeah, Georgia Tech without their head coach, fucking pathetic. Like what? I mean, yeah, my God, he he's been terrible. I knew we, I think we all knew he'd be bad because he's not a good coach. Yeah, but uh, this is worse than I expected. Yeah, it, it's really it, it's ridiculous, and you you could take it as like partially at least a reflection of how good Bronco Mendenhall is at coaching, that, that this this team was 
consistently very good under his direction, consistently eight, nine wins. Um, then this, this roster is not especially different from the one that he had last season. And they were perfectly fine last season, competent to good. Uh, certainly would not have been underdogs against Georgia Tech. Um, and in the span of, yeah, one offseason, despite returning a very good quarterback in, in Brendan Armstrong and having some receivers who we really like and, and all of this stuff, Virginia has just fallen apart, completely fallen apart. Nothing going on there, nothing worth watching, nothing really even worth paying attention to. Uh, like on, on an ancillary level, there's there's nothing there. They're, they have they have bottomed out a program that was consistently going to bowl games for no reason. There was no reason to do this. It's not like Tony Elliott has yeah. some sort of grand plan. Tony Elliott's grand plan is that he wants to recruit five stars, and you can't fucking do that at Virginia. It was a stupid hire. It was a very stupid yeah. hire. Uh, you, I thought maybe there was some chance he would just have like, I mean, Tony Elliott seems for all his faults, seems like a well-liked guy in the coaching community. And I was like, part of me was wondering if he could just make the right hires around him to do something here. But I mean, it's just not going to happen. Right. When he lost Robert and I, I was like, well, <laughs> like there yeah. goes that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like so they have totally bottomed out too, right? This team is 83rd in SP plus. They're one spot ahead of Indiana. Uh, they're below Cal. Um, just nothing going on here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's also just a very funny thing here too. They're also 124th in special teams SP plus. Oh. So if they need to improve, they should be hiring Parker Fleming this off season. Yeah. Up to 93rd. Yeah. Jump. That, yeah. That's, um, that's, that's improvement right there, baby. That's the Matt Barnes <laughs> special. Um, yeah. It, no, obviously they suck, right? They're terrible. There's yeah. They, going on. they suck. It is like. Uh, we, we're this offseason you and I are going to do an episode about the Dabo Sweeney coaching tree because um, boy these guys are f- just fucking terrible all of them routinely awful uh, as head yeah. coaches some of the worst yeah. in college football who um, is the most successful I mean obviously Jeff Scott is about to get fired at USF Brent yeah. Venables I, yeah, I it, the, the most clearly not. the most successful is Brent Venables, who is currently three <laughs> fucking three and three at Oklahoma, which is very hard to do. Um, maybe he's four and three. I don't know what the exact record is. He's not good. Um, it's it's a it's a rough tree. I guess if you want to include Billy Napier, who was there, but like he's certainly not doing very well at Florida right now either. Um, it's bad. It's it's and then you even think back like Chad Morris, who really really was not good at all. Um, it's been a long time of this for Clemson, they, they, for for Dabo, where just like don't hire his assistants. There's there's a reason that yeah. they're there, and it's like they're 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 generally speaking very good scheme coaches. Uh, Elliot, I'm not entirely sure that that's the case because their scheme was just four verts, but. Right. Don't forget Chad Morris too, by the way. Chad yeah, Morris Chad Morris. Really yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, what's the point? What's the point of taking these guys for Virginia, especially? It just it never made sense. Um, I would guess that his his path forward after this season is probably that he's going to try and do the portal thing, the the you know, Mel Tucker style, going out and just filling all of the the vacancies in his offense and his roster with portal guys. I don't think it's going to work. Um, I've been on the record as saying that I don't believe in Tony Elliott. That remains, uh, and and with this game, if, if I mean, if you lose this one, that's a disaster. It's it's already not a it's already a bad season for Virginia. You cannot lose to Georgia Tech with an interim coach. You can't do that. You just you can't. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not. <laughs> I mean, I agree, man. It's not an option, right? We can't be doing that. Uh, it's pathetic. Like it's not like they obviously had some flaws this season. The offensive line lost four starters. Yeah, but 
you still brought back a very veteran quarterback. You had a great receiving core. Like there are a lot of the, the defense had some elements that were exciting. Like there were things about this that could have worked and certainly could have gotten to a bowl game if nothing else. Yeah. Um, but but clearly not gonna happen here. I mean, my God, like losing to losing Georgia Tech is one thing. Uh losing at home to Louisville by 17 points, absolutely pathetic. Yeah. Um, they took losses pretty I, I think now we understand those are good teams, but a pretty unexpected losses this season to Syracuse and Duke already too. Yeah. Um and, and I don't think they're gonna win another game the rest of the stretch. If they don't win this one. Their next games are Miami, North Carolina, Pitt, Coastal Carolina, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Like if you get one win there, it's a pretty it's it's pretty successful. So their upswing now is four and eight of the year. Just really, really bad. Yeah, they they have already sort of had their lunch eaten by Syracuse and by Duke, and you you cannot do it again with Georgia Tech. You cannot you cannot have that happen with like the true dregs of the conference as well. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's it's bad. I personally, I think Georgia Tech's probably going to win this game. I think Georgia Tech is in a better position right now than Virginia is, which is a a really poor reflection on what they did this off season. They they really just not anything going on. Um, Friday, October twenty first, Guantanamo Bay game is UAB at Western Kentucky, eight p.m. on CBS SN. Uh, listen, somebody has to play UTSA in the, in the, in the CUSA title game. Somebody has to do it. It's probably going to be one of these two teams. Um, I would guess that Western Kentucky wins this game. I think Western Kentucky is better, but isn't North Texas undefeated in the conference? Yeah, we'll see about that. We will, we'll, yeah, we'll, (laughs) we'll, uh, yeah, (laughs) we'll see about that. I'm excited for them to, to play a team who has a, uh, pulse, um, but I, I think Western Kentucky is better. They have the one score games, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, have really, really not been in their favor. But I think that they are a better team than UAB is. Um, and I think that UAB might be on the look for an actual full time coach after this off or after this season instead of just keeping the interim Brian Vincent. I, I think that he has maybe coached his way out of that job unless he can. Uh, win out and get them to the get them to the conference championship game because that was the expectation and they've not reached it to this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Western Kentucky has quietly been one of the most fun teams to watch at the FBS too. Yeah. Like they're they're just a compelling team every Saturday. Um, like you said, they are. I, I believe they are. Yeah, zero and three this season in one score football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, those losses coming at UTSA, at Indiana, and home against Troy. Those are three very. I mean, well. For a team like Western Kentucky's caliber, those are expected losses to take, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say losing to Indiana is like they should have won that game, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, losing to Troy and UTSA kind of is what it is. You kind of expect that when you're in the situation. But they blew out Hawaii, they beat the shit out of FIU, and they beat uh, Middle Tennessee on the road by 18 points. Yeah. Uh, this is a, it's been a good football team. Um, UAB, I think, has some questions under the center head coach. I, I'm, I don't know. I believe SP Plus has uh, UAB ahead of Western Michigan. Or, I'm sorry, Western Kentucky. I got to double check on that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out the rest of the season uh, for Western Kentucky because you think they get some luck coming their way sooner or later. Yeah, but, yeah. This is a fun styles clash too because UAB has two very good running backs in Dwayne McBride and Jermaine Brown. Um, as we as we do every week, this comes with the any specific player talk comes with the disclaimer of uh, any of these guys could be hurt at any time, and it is just it's not my problem. I cannot possibly keep up with all of it. It's um, insane, dude. It we really sucks. need to standardize it. it. Like and it like really you, sucks. you don't even like gambling, right? You don't care yeah. about gambling. No, at I, all. I don't care. Uh, like for like, I think it's my life bitch about it. Like it's just like it's nice for us to be able to preview the games and who the fuck is playing, but like. 
it's just it's gotten so much worse than they do and there's really no reason for why do you i don't know what i'm gonna get off on a tangent again i don't care but it just it sucks it sucks it's really annoying um what's our next game pat you got you got one here that's all you to talk about yeah uh most wanted is princeton at harvard 7 p.m on espnu um I just wanted to mention this because both teams are undefeated in the conference. Granted, they've only played two games, but Princeton's 5-0 and overall. Harvard is 4-1. and um, It's a rivalry. I believe if you are, I mentioned home field apparel earlier, I believe that they are dropping a Harvard collection if they have not already dropped it this week. Um, so you could use code meet at midfield for that. If you are a Harvard man, uh, which, they are big Zuckerberg guys. I've heard. Yeah. Big, heard big, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're Zucker suckers. We've, we've, we, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone in every subscriber to meet at midfield is indirectly funding Mark Zuckerberg's salary. Of course. Um, that's uh, that's just part of our terms of agreement and if you didn't read that then it's not it's not our fault it's that's on you buddy um but i think it'll be fun ivy league football is consistently pretty fun to watch they have creative offenses they do things sort of very different than the rest of the sport out of necessity um if you're looking for something to do on friday night if you're looking for something to watch i think that this is a really good second screen game with uab western kentucky on as the main game um i i think it'll be fun these are two fun offenses two fun teams Uh, i i think that you would uh, if you have not watched these guys play before i think you'll come away pleasantly surprised from from this i would i would recommend it yeah uh me personally i think everyone involved in this game should be arrested just to help uh reduce future financial white collar crime yeah. uh but if you want to watch this game that's cool patrick that's kind of your thing yeah of course and well i you know i do support uh white collar financial crime that's the best crime i've right. always said that that's the best kind of crime uh saturday october 22nd noon guantanamo bay game Syracuse at Clemson on ABC. Uh, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try and pretend that they're gonna win. That Syracuse is gonna win this game. They're not. I know that they're not. I, 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 I have accepted this. I know they're not going to. Um, but it's the best game in the noon slot. Yeah, I mean, I think the under could hit. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's nice. I guess. Like, I guess here, here's the thing is. I am curious to see how Clemson plays in this game. They're just not really Clemson's not really elite at anything, right? There's yeah. no one thing Clemson that like you point out. It's just like, hey, they do X really well. They do like they're not explosive. They're not like they're just good at everything, but great at nothing. They just have better players than everybody else in the schedule, and it's going to be good enough to get them the conference championship and undefeated berth. But I think they're going to get murdered in the playoff. And I guess yeah. all I'm hoping for now at this point is, I don't think we can avoid Clemson going to the playoff. I think it's just too late. So I just hope they go undefeated and make it and get absolutely fucking killed in the second round in the first round playoff game. Yeah, that would be nice. I would like that. Um, yeah, I guess the thing you could say that Clemson does especially well is just the guys that it has on its defensive line. But again, that's not really a scheme thing. It's more just that they have really good five stars on the defensive line. Yeah. Um, which is specifically and even honestly, really, really quick here, like they have not been as good as advertised. I want to point that yeah. out. The individual players are playing well. But like their pressure rate is not particularly special. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're they're a weird they're a weird they're they're in a weird spot. This roster is where like, like you said, they are talented enough to win every game on their schedule, and they're probably going to. But I don't know. I've I've certainly made clear that I have not been convinced by Clemson. I don't think I will be convinced by Clemson. Yeah. Um. They're just they're in a weird place. They they feel like a. Uh, the, the, it, it sort of reminds me of like Washington 2016, I think it was when they were in the, they, I, I think it was 2016 when Washington made the playoff and you're just like, 
Really? <laughs> These guys? Yeah. This is a playoff team, really? With Jake Browning is that that that's your yeah. that's your pick, and then they get slaughtered. Um, yeah. And that, really, really quick, by the way, I, I just I looked it up. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, they do rank 65th in sack rate this season. Yeah. 65th, all those five stars. Yeah. That's pathetic. <laughs> it's not quite what you're looking for. I do think that that'll probably be just the talent that they have up there, and their run defense has been really good this year. I would guess that that is going to be too much for Syracuse to overcome because Syracuse kind of no. needs Sean Tucker to be involved. And I just, I don't know that I believe in Garrett Schrader on that level yet. I, he's, he's been really good this year. He has done more than what we expected, certainly, but I don't, I don't think I trust yeah. him to go out and take advantage of like Clemson doesn't have great cornerbacks. I, I don't know that Syracuse is really sure. the team to, to do that. I, I, would guess I, that I, I, I would guess that this looks exactly like the last three Clemson games. Sure. I guess I should give credit to you. I will say that, like, well, I don't think he's an elite quarterback or anything like that. I do think DJ has improved a lot, right? Like, he's – he was – to be fair, he had a lot of room to improve, to say the least, from uh-huh. last season. But, like, he is solidly an above-average to good college quarterback this year. I mean, uh, he's been very efficient. He's not turning the football over. He's making plays with his arm and his leg. Um, he's – like, again, he's not doing anything special, right? They're not asking him to, to do too much. He's not being asked to hit any big-time NFL throws. I think he's clearly not a, a pro quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he's doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, credit to him. Yeah, I, I would almost give more credit to Clemson for readjusting its expectations of DJ, which I think is what he is benefiting from this year. Is that it Well, its has... expectations before were absurd, too, right? They were just yeah. like, hey, we have the best quarterback in America. Let's throw it 40 yards downfield to a five-star receiver, and that'll work out. Yeah. And then they just couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's not that absurd, because that is what they did for half a decade. Um, and he was like he was a pretty highly touted recruit and he has absolutely not lived up to that. Like even a little bit, he is, he's not just not on that level, not that kind of guy. Um, But he has benefited from Clemson sort of accepting that he stinks and (laughs) working the offense around him uh, in a way that is, that makes things a lot easier on him. So credit to them. And I guess, I guess credit to him for doing that successfully for (laughs) running those plays successfully. But like, I don't know. It seems a lot like an offense that is just sort of like trying to make do with the fact that their quarterback isn't very good, um, which that they that they are doing it successfully is is good. It's better than not doing it successfully. But I've not seen anything from him that makes me think like, oh, this is a new man. Like I, he's the same guy. They just made the offense a little bit friendlier for him, um, which was what they needed to do. Uh, mo- yeah. Most wanted. Kansas at Baylor noon on ESPN2. A lot of heat has come off of this one in recent weeks, unfortunately. I am interested to see just sort of who who has a bounce back in them. Both of these teams have had a rough couple of weeks, and I think that the, the winner here will be positioned to round into a pretty good finish down the, down the stretch, whereas the loser, things could get pretty bad. Things could get pretty bad for the team that loses this game. Yeah, uh, Baylor is favored by eight points here, which I think is just a reflection that uh, Kansas, uh, without without uh, uh, Jalen Daniels playing a quarterback, just does not have anything kind of special going on. And I think losing his like third his legs has been a big deal for their offense. Yeah, um, and their defense was always pretty pretty poor. Like I think they were doing some better stuff going on, but like w- without him, like scoring as he was, it's a lot hard for this defense to kind of keep up and win wars. But also, Baylor has like really fallen off. That loss to West Virginia is really really bad. Like even if that was. I believe like uh, Bill Connolly had the post game win expectancy like twenty seven percent for WU if I recall correctly. Yeah. Like it was a pretty, pretty bizarre win, including like a, a blocked extra point, pretty much decided. Uh, it's still, I mean, come on, 
Like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's still I still need more from Baylor with this team. Um, it's disappointing from them, but I, I mean, they have encouraging signs going into next season. But this year does feel a little bit wasted for Baylor. Um, but I'd say Blake Shapin's been pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Kansas, I don't know. It's tough to win this game on the road. I think they're going to finish something like eight and four, seven and five, which is still a very successful season by their standpoint, but hard to see them winning this one. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm a little curious about this line because we know that Jalen Daniels is not playing here, but Blake Shapin was concussed in that, that game against West Virginia. Like he missed the fourth quarter. He did not play. Um, and he is still concussed. He still has a concussion. It doesn't just go away after Saturday. And so I, say. I do yeah. wonder like, are we sure that Blake Shapin is going to play here? Because I don't think that Kyron Drones is better than Jason Bean. I, I don't think Kyron Drones is better than really much of anything in college football. He's a true freshman quarterback and looked really bad against West Virginia. Um, so I am I'm a little bit curious about that. I, I wonder if people know something that we aren't privy to. But, like, I mean, if Blake Shapin doesn't play, what is – Baylor has nothing on offense. There's nothing going on on offense if, if Blake Shapin can't go. He, he is – he has very quickly become that offense in a way that, like, I don't know that they could really recover from in the span of a week if they don't have him. So I'm curious about that. Um, but I, I I don't feel great about where either of these teams are right now just with the injuries that they've suffered, with the 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 momentum headed in the direction that it's headed in. But interested to see what happens. Uh, also in the most wanted category, Toledo at Buffalo, 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Um, the Mac eventually is going to run out of important games, right? Because they just keep every week. It seems like they have like, oh, top team in one division against top team in another division, or top two teams in one division are playing, or any number of things. This is another one. This is the the favorite. In the- this is when it benefits, though. I know you always make fun of it, but this is why it's great to have a conference where everyone is four and three or three. Yeah, and four <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh. It is helpful because we can always have games like this. There's another one down in the no fly list. Um, but this is the current leader in the East and the current leader in the West. Um, I would be surprised if Toledo does not win this game. Toledo has, as we talked about on the recap, done pretty much everything you could want to see from it. Daquan Finn has been fantastic, uh, but it is at Buffalo. And it's a it's a pretty big game, I would say, for Buffalo specifically. If you go and you find a way to, to pull off an upset here, uh, the 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 narrative on Mo Linguist changes a lot, and it's already started to change because they have been successful to start the season. But like, that is a program changing win if they can find a way to pull it off. So I'm I'm interested in this one. I don't think that they will, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Man, I am just I have some theories in the back here. I'm not not to, I know we're trying to talk about real football games here, but like just as a program, the more I'm thinking about it, I, I know we always make fun of coaches like or, or programs who are trying to hire just the recruiter coach. Yeah. But is this the conference like where you have just, you know, twelve identical schools or what is it, ten identical schools playing? Is this where you're best served by just like trying to go get the best evaluator of talent in the country? Like just go, find whoever, whoever guy is good at evaluating talent. And just try to hire that guy on him in the program because what else is distinguishing you if you're not like Toledo or the, just Toledo? Yeah, are <laughs> we are we assuming that linguist is that? Is that has that been the book on him? I'm not saying that. No, I'm just kind of talking generally. Right, now. I'm just looking at like yeah. Mac, right? Like everyone thinking about like I'm just looking at the uh, Mac standings right now, and like everyone's talking about how Joe Moorhead is like 
you know, was the great hire for Akron, a perfect fit, yada, yada. And he's just been like getting his teeth kicked in all season is being yeah, like I, more than doubled up on, on scoring margin. And I, I will, six so far. I will defend Moorhead here. Um, the roster that he inherited is not exactly in a, in a good place. Come on. None, none of the rosters are, none of the rosters are in a good place. The, the, this the team, like, this team went like, Oh, and 12, the last three years, they were really distinctly bad. Like we, way, I know they're bad, significantly but... worse than anybody else in the league in terms of like, they had like 40, Five like scholarship guys. They were not in a good place. I I, I don't think but it's even fair to the judge worst them on team. I, I get it. I get, I'm not saying I'm, I'm I'm throwing him out as an idea, but I mean just mean like I, I don't know. Whatever. We don't. Have to, we'll talk about the offseason. Here's an offseason idea. I just kind of came to me right now. I, I think that the thing probably in the MAC, the way that I've always thought about it with coaches, is not necessarily that there is a right or wrong approach, but you need a guy who has a specialty. I, I think that whatever the specialty is, you you need someone who is committed to a very specific project, to a very specific ideology, if it's recruiting, you know, if it's talent identification, if it's development, if it's a scheme thing. Uh, I think any of those can work and have worked in the Mac, but you have to have a distinct identity about you or else you will just be like Ball State or Miami or any number of programs that are just nondescript and, and, and doing basically the same thing as each other. And it, you just, nobody knows anything about them. Nobody knows anything that's going on at Ball State or, or Miami or Bowling Green, or I can name any number of schools in the Mac and you could say that about them. Western Michigan. Um, like that, it's just, I think you have to have something that differentiates you, whether it is, you know, on the recruiting trail, development, whatever it might be. I think that any of them can work. It's just, you need to have something you actually believe in which it seems like Linguist does. It seems like he does have that with, if not talent evaluation, certainly talent acquisition. He is known as a recruiting guy. Um, at least generally, that's like the 30,000-foot view. I'm sure that he is more complex than that, but he's a young coach brought in, uh, presumably to try and keep up the talent level that Lance Leipold built. And I, this would, as I said, this is a big time opportunity for them. I don't imagine that they're ready for this kind of game. I don't think that they will win, but it would be it would be a big deal for Buffalo if they could get this one. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm curious to see it. Definitely a game I'll be keeping an eye on uh, in the noon slate. That's other. I mean, like realistically, probably not. I'm just gonna watch the Ohio State game, but theoretically, <laughs> I would be watching it. Uh, <laughs> no, no fly list. Uh, We'll start in the AAC <laughs> with a pair of games, Cincinnati at SMU on ESPN, and then Houston at Navy on ESPNU. Uh, I'm going to start with Houston Navy. Don't lose this one. I think they really, I, I think they really would like to. I think Houston would really like to lose this one, and I would advise them not to do that. Don't do that. Um, Cincinnati SMU. I think I, I kind of think that Cincinnati's just going to beat the shit out of them. I know that Cincinnati doesn't do that a ton; that they they like to fuck around with their opponents. But I think that SMU is is uniquely poorly positioned to play Cincinnati. I think that Cincinnati's just going to blank them. I think they they can just shut down that offense, no problem. I, I hate to. I feel like I'm doing a little too much gambling talk this episode. You know, I don't like to do that. But this line makes me nervous. And Cincinnati only being favored by three and a half points makes me feel a little wary. Like it just uh, that doesn't seem right, right? SME's been pretty shitty all season. They've kind of gotten worse in every facet. Yeah, Cincinnati, I, believe, I know, has played some close games. But, I believe yeah. that this is another quarterback injury spot here. Jesus um, Christ! Yeah, it sucks. It's really, really shitty. Um, with Ben Bryant, who was. Injured in the back half of their last game. I'm not being specific because I don't remember who they played last. And he is listed. They played South Florida. South Florida. That's right before the bye week. Um, he's listed still on on 
the first injury page that I could pull up as out. Um, so if he's not playing, I think that that could explain some of the trepidation with this. But also, like, was it Evan Prater? Is yeah, Prater I think yeah, it would be Evan Prater. But like, I think Evan Prater is still quite a bit better than Tanner Mordecai. Um, and obviously, the guys around him are significantly better than those at SMU, which has like pretty much one player in Rishi Rice, and that's it. And they don't have a quarterback who can get him the ball more than twenty yards down the field. So I I would feel. I, I feel still pretty good about this for, for Cincinnati, even without a starting quarterback who, like, honestly has not been all that impressive this year. I think Evan Prater will be just fine. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm curious to see it, definitely. I, I mean, I, I every bone in my body thinks Cincinnati's a much better football team than SMU, but that just makes me, when a line's so fishy like that, it just makes me really nervous. It feels like they usually know something going on, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I expect Cincinnati to win this one. They should win it. They better win it. Uh, go Bearcats, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. Um, <laughs> we also have uh what's next go ahead you got, you got us uh we, next up here we have iowa at ohio state on fox um any thoughts here ryan do you do you, do you have thoughts about an ohio state game is that is yeah, that yeah be... i'll give you a few thoughts here look obviously it's there's not any chance that ohio state loses this football game there's no point in even talking about it it's like a compelling game like if you care about seeing an upset don't watch this game yeah uh it is a useful thought exercise to see Ohio State against the best defense they've played yet this year, right? Like, I think there are a lot of things if, if you are an Ohio State freak or if you're just someone who is a fan of a team that's competing for the playoff or the Big Ten title and you want to kind of preview Ohio State, we've had a lot of assumptions that Ohio State's red zone offense and rushing offense are fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are. I think the things we've seen from them indicate that. But I think uh, Iowa is a very good test for us to actually, like, confirm that. You know what I mean? Uh uh, to date, I mean, Iowa ranks, I have it pulled up here really quick. Um, uh, Ohio State is first in the country in red zone scoring percentage and first in red zone touchdown percentage. Uh, they're also just first in the country in offensive touchdown percentage, period. They are uh, scoring 68.5% of their drives are getting touchdowns. Mm-hmm. No one else in the country has more than 51% of their drives are getting touchdowns. It is a ridiculous disparity. But... Uh, Iowa is third nationally in the country in defensive touchdown rate and third in the power five in red zone touchdown rate allowed. So I think seeing if Ohio State can actually still finish these drives uh, in the red zone, if that matters, and seeing if Ohio State can run the football against a defense where, we again, we think the rush offense is fixed, I want to see it. I just want to see Ohio State against this defense. Um, they should still win and cover. It's not about the actual score. It's about kind of how they move the ball on offense and how they finish drives. Is what I'm curious to see. Yeah, I per, just as an aesthetic thing, I always liked uh, uh, Iowa Ohio State games. I just I, I don't know what it is. Just something about them. Always liked them. Um, that's that's all I'm gonna add there. It's <laughs> just, just I like the way that this one looks. I I wish that these teams played more frequently than they do because I I have a lot of memories of like Ohio State Iowa games growing up. Um, and, uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about this one. Last one in the no fly list, Eastern Michigan at ball state, 2 PM on ESPN plus. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're both, they're both technically still in contention in the Mac. So it's going to be on here, but come on. I don't think you actually need to watch this one. Just maybe keep an eye on it, I guess. (laughs) But even that might be asking a little bit much afternoon. The Abu Ghraib game of the week, not a super tough pick this week. There are a couple other contenders, but for me, it has to be UCLA at Oregon, 3.30 on FS1 for some reason and not Fox proper. Maybe there's a baseball game or something. Um, this is great. This is gotta great. Be a we, baseball we, game. What's yeah. that? got to be a baseball game. It's got to be, right? It makes you, playoffs. That's, that's so fucked up. Yeah, you would think. Um, yeah, really excited about this one. Really excited to see UCLA go on the road against another team that we think is, is good to very good. We have not seen Oregon 
have to do a ton. They've done some, you know, but it's it's not been like a a, a murderer's row. They just beat Arizona. Um, also, I think you, by the way, wait, wait, uh, this is listed on Fox for me. Oh, well, way. it might it might be LSUFootball.net might have been wrong then because they had some stuff wow. that was like and ors. So I uh, when I when I filled this out, so maybe they have bumped it. I I, I hope yeah. that that is actually the case. It appears that that is the case. So never mind. It's on Fox Baseball. You're 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 you've been spared for now. Um, but yeah. really, really interested in this one. Interested to see what UCLA has offensively for an Oregon defense that has taken some steps in the right direction question mark seemingly uh and of course that offense has been consistently excellent since week one it's been really good now they've played eastern washington byu washington state stanford and arizona so do your own research on those teams but i'm i'm interested i'm fascinated to see who can emerge here and if ucla wins this game i mean We've talked about the rest of the schedule before, but I'll, I'll, I'll remind you all here. If UCLA wins this game, they would be 7-0 and with remaining games of Stanford at home at Arizona State, uh, Arizona at home, USC at home is the big one, and then at Cal to end the season. They would go at worst 11-1. and At worst. They, they Really not even four games there in the last five that I don't think they could even try and find a way to lose. I don't, I don't see how they would. If they win this one, they're going to go at least 11 and one. They very well could go undefeated and would be a playoff team in that instance. And that is awesome. That's, that's really good. I'm, I'm certainly pulling for UCLA this weekend. Yeah. I, I'm briefing them as well here. They are a, a six point dog, which is a little bit surprising to me. Um, I guess the, the biggest difference here is Oregon's had a pretty strong rush defense this season. Like that, that, that is something I will give them credit for is they've been, fairly competitive against the rush, but, but I don't know, man, I just remember Georgia tearing the shit out of these guys and then realized they haven't played a good team since. Yeah. Right. Like they, I mean, they played BYU who's an average football team in my opinion this season Yeah. and everyone else has pretty much sucked. Uh, and they got tore the fuck up last time they played there. Anybody serious. And that, that to me is just what I has stuck in my head. Right. Like I, I I'm just, rem- and, and the other hand, uh, you have had UCLA who has been, in some wars, right? They played a Washington was pretty solid. They played, uh, they just played Utah last uh, right before their bye week, right? Like they are, yeah. they are playing some serious ball games here. Um, I don't know. I, I am very curious to see what Oregon can do against this uh, against this uh, UCLA Russian attack. I uh, UCLA is going to win the ball out of their throat. Georgia beat them by passing to the tight end. Um, I, I know UCLA is not afraid to pass, especially with Jake Bobo there, but um, it's not the way they want to win games. So I'm curious to see how it works. I don't know. Oregon has historically almost always folded in these kind of games, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like just the last several years of Pac-12 football, whenever the conference championship birds on the line or the conference title itself is the line, they love to fold in these games. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see about Oregon. I, I have UCLA plus six is one of my uh, biggest picks of the week. So I'm curious to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I- I'm looking forward to seeing UCLA play this one. Yeah, something just, just as, a, as a brief aside that I am interested in here, not like a ton, but at least enough to mention it. Um, UCLA has played exactly one road game this season. They played at Colorado. The other five games they have played have been at home. That is interesting, at least. That that is that is something to to keep an eye on. Is can they do it on the road like they did at home? Obviously, UCLA's home atmosphere is not anything that really changes the game, but not being on the road is helpful in itself. So I'm I'm interested in that. Um, really looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be probably the game of the day, which is why it gets the pick. Uh, Guantanamo Bay, Texas at Oklahoma State, 3.30 on ABC. 
Uh, Heat has come off of this one as well with Oklahoma State losing, but really, really excited to see Texas and Quinn Ewers against another good team, a team that is that we think is solidly good. Um, it has been a while, <laughs> so I don't think that Oklahoma is especially good, and the Iowa State game was about what concerning. we th- um, yeah concerning, mm-hmm. but also about what we thought Iowa State is going to do against every team that it plays this season. I, I, it's hard to blame Texas too much for that because that's just what Iowa State does, but. I'm interested here. This is the exact kind of game that Oklahoma State wins, uh, where like they have just lost, they have just all but eliminated themselves from anything that they're actually contending for. So now they can start winning. Now they can start going out and winning big games. Now that it doesn't matter anymore. Um, I don't know. I think it's too soon. I think you're actually you're jumping the gun here. I think I think the play for them is to lose this one at home, then go win on the road at Kansas State and like spoil Kansas State season once they have nothing left to play for. Yeah, that's the Oklahoma State way. Man, I don't, I don't know. This is this is the uh, this is the home one though. This is the game that Texas loses every year. They do this where they they, you know, they will draw some hype and then they go into a top twenty-five matchup like on the road or something, and they just aren't there. They're just not prepared. Um, I could see that, but I could also see like I think Texas is good. We've talked about this. I think that Texas is full on good. Um, interested to see what Oklahoma State has defensively for Quinn Ewers because most defenses have not had much of anything to this point, save for. Iowa State at times, and interested to see if Spencer Sanders can kind of get it going again, because he did not play well against TCU. He was not good in that game. They still probably should have won. It was it was a... Yeah, I think, what a collapse. Yeah, not, a, not an entirely representative final score of that game. I think Oklahoma State was better, and they just couldn't you know, they just like you said just collapsed down the stretch so i'm interested to see them here against another quality team in a uh a, basically a big 12 elimination match this uh this conference we've said it before we'll say it again just really fun every week really really fun in the big 12 yeah yeah this, i mean there's still what you look at there's still five six teams in the race right now uh if you consider i mean i'd say tcu yeah. kansas state texas oklahoma state um Maybe you say Kansas is still in the mix here. If they yeah. can win this week, the winner of Kansas and Baylor is still in the mix. Is what I would say. Yeah. Um, which puts you solidly at five teams in the race. Um, that's fun, man. That's exciting. I'm curious to see how it goes um, the rest of the way here. But yeah, I don't know. This is a huge game for Texas too. Obviously, and you kind of need to have this one if you're if you're Steve Sarkeesian and you have the hype that you've got. You have to win this game. They're favored to do so. Um, Got to have it. No excuses time. Right. There's no. No Quinn Ewers out. There's no uh, no you're playing Alabama. It's, it's time to win the game. Uh, yep. this, this is the program you want to be win this game. Yep. All right. The This week's Hank Hill, I'm about to bust, narrative buster of the week. <sighs> I'm about to bust. Folks, it's Ole Miss at LSU 3.30 on CBS. Uh, entirely too many people have noticed this week that Ole Miss is still undefeated. Can't have it. Can't have it. Can't be noticing that. People cannot be seeing that um, because this team is not ready for people to be talking about them as like, a top 10 team as a serious contender in the SEC West as any number of these things that you might want to say about these guys. Um, they're not good. They're not good. They haven't been good all year. Uh, they are still not good. I think that they are going to just lose this game straight up. I think they're just going to lose the game. Uh, I agree with you on the net, right? I think they're not nearly as good as, as their record indicate or their ranking indicate, but also like just matchup wise, this LSU defense has not really stopped the run this whole year. Yeah. And the only thing Ole Miss wants to do is run the football. Like they don't care about playing defense. They don't really care about passing very much. They just want to run the fucking ball. And I think they can run the ball on LSU maybe all day. Like that's kind of if LSU can like find a run defense this weekend, then sure they're going to lose. I agree 100. But like as you know, like Lane Kiffin's favorite thing to do is just like 
find the thing the other team can't stop and just press that button all day until like they lose their mind in frustration yeah uh, <laughs> and i think they can do that i think there's like there's a an opportunity to exploit this team that way um so yeah. yes Ole miss will have to get got sooner or later but i don't know if it's this weekend dude I don't know. I, 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 uh, matchup speaking, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think that that is, that is fair, but with LSU, I, uh, I, especially just in this conference in general, I'm very hesitant around just picking on matchups because it's never just that it's always some stupid shit. It's always some narrative. thing. Yeah. It's always like, Oh, Brian Kelly needs a big time home win in his first season at LSU this would fit the billing. This would be the kind of thing where you could get that because I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. Um, I, I just... Well, maybe. I, I can't shake the feeling <laughs> that, like, oh, Ole Miss's defense is just not going to have anything for, for Jaden Daniels running the ball 30 times. They just won't have anything for it. Um, and there's yeah, not, but, but like... That's true, but if you take Jaden Daniels running 30 times versus, like, you know, Judkins, Evans, and... and uh dart combining for 45 rushes like which one do you want because i i bet the the latter group's more efficient than jane daniels running the ball yeah they i mean they are but also do you trust jackson dart to not throw two interceptions or for those running backs to not have a fumble for for Ole Miss to not make mistakes that would allow an lsu team that that it can hold on to the ball for a while to just make this a slog fest and ultimately win at the end. I, I don't, I don't know that I trust yeah, them like that. I, I don't know that I trust Jackson Dart in that kind of situation. And he's certainly not earned anything. He's not done anything that I think would, would merit thinking that about him to this point. I've not, I've not seen it from him on that level. Um, Ole Miss should win. Obviously Ole Miss should be the better team here. LSU is not, in like an amazing place they're they're fine i think that they're they are capable but i just this feels like the kind of game that Ole miss will lose people have have turned their focus to Ole miss a little bit they are keeping an eye on them this is the cbs game i think that this is the exact kind of game that they lose this is that's that's i know uh, what you mean i i realize i'm probably pretty foolish for believing in this team like i, <laughs> I realize it's not it's not the right move to do i totally get that but i don't know i just like i view Ole miss as a souped up version of florida state and we saw what Florida State was able to do against LSU. And I, I think that, you know, despite turning the ball over a million times, right, Florida State really tried to fumble that game away multiple times uh, and couldn't do it. <laughs> and I think LSU, or so I think Ole Miss is just a better version of that same Florida State team that already beat LSU. And I think they win, but I get why you would think otherwise. I totally understand. And obviously, Ole Miss is a dog here. A lot of folks agree with you. I, I, I hate to outright pick them, but I'm just not as ready to jump on the bandwagon against them yet this week. I think, like, they play Texas a and a team that can actually stop their running attack in a couple in a week when after AM is already relevant. Yeah. That's a classic Jimbo win, is beating a team when you're already irrelevant at home uh, with the one thing you're going to be doing and they can't <laughs> pivot to. Yeah. That's going to be, that's to me, is like the time almost loses. But we'll see. Yeah, um, I'm I, looking I, forward to this game, actually. I yeah. will mention here as well, this is game eight of nine consecutively without a bye week for Ole Miss. They don't get a bye week until... Uh, no, the week Sheesh. of November fifth. So this will be their eighth of nine yeah. games. With uh, it'll be the the second of three road games in their last four that they've played because they they had home against. Do they get Auburn. a bye week. They get it right before Bama. That's great. Yeah, they get it right before Bama. But this just just this month of October, man. It's uh, it was it was Kentucky at home at Vanderbilt, Auburn at home at LSU, and then at Texas A and M. Like that's 
that's a lot of physicality and that's a lot of road trips. And I, I just, I'm worried about that. I, I'm, I'm worried did, about did that. Did the SEC, like, did the SEC just like set up Bama this season, dude? Like how many yes. good teams are going to get buys right before they play Bama? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was time. They, uh, they decided that it was time to, it was time for Tennessee to reign. Apparently that's uh, that, that's, that's the word <laughs> from Alabama fans is that this was a coordinated effort from the officials, from, from the SEC uh, power brokers, from the, the, the lamestream national media to uh to well, I'm finally, saying thank god yeah to finally put an end <laughs> to to nick saban's uh, reign of of terror and and yeah we are of course we embrace our our college football uh, uh overlords who have who have decided that alabama is it, it's time to go they gotta go they have they have broken the law and it's time for them to be to be executed um yeah we we fully embrace and support our our, our sec commissioner overlords who who have made that happen um and uh, yeah, we we love it. We love it. We love to see the Crimson Tide failing. We love it. Uh, most wanted, Purdue at Wisconsin, three thirty on ESPN. Uh, this is like a worse version of Ole Miss LSU. <laughs> this is just like the shittier version of that, um, where like there's no good reason for Purdue to lose this game, but they will because that's what Purdue does. That is that that's that's just nah. Come on, that is how come they on. operate. They they absolutely will lose this game. I think they totally will. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has no pass defense. That's all Purdue wants to do. And, and Wisconsin cannot, I mean, like, look, Graham Mertz is not going to out, out-duel Aiden O'Connor. Yeah, so I, it's not going to happen. I don't and, disagree with any of this. Purdue absolutely should win this game, but they won't. They <laughs> they just they just won't. That's not, that. that's, this, this, this program as it is constructed is cursed to lose at least one game like this every season that they have no fucking business losing. Absolutely no reason to lose it. They will. I, I need Purdue to win this game so we can get a satisfying Lacey victory for our boy Brett. Uh, we need this yeah. to happen. So yeah, uh, just to, to respect the flipping the field agenda, we do need we do need this to be a victory. Yeah, for, I uh, to be clear, I do not. I I, I am I am pro Purdue and take no joy in reporting this. This is <laughs> I, I want the Purdue Illinois Big Ten West title race. I want that. I I, I want that game to be really important. But. This is absolutely a, a a setup for a Purdue pants shitting. This is this is uh, tailor made for them to shit their pants against like a not very good Wisconsin team. Um, I hope they won't. Logically speaking, they shouldn't. But there's not the, the logically is not the thing that is involved with Purdue losing a game like this every year. It's not a it's not a like an yeah. oh, a, a bad yeah. matchups thing. It's just like Purdue does this. Wasn't, Purdue just does this every year. Didn't they already have this game against Syracuse, though? Wouldn't you argue that? Like, them just totally shitting their pants in the final, like, five minutes against Syracuse already happened? I, it's not a conference opponent, though. They, they're, 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 yeah. good, they're good for a non-conference loss just because they are. But, like, it, it, they almost did it against fucking Nebraska. Do we think Nebraska is significantly better than Wisconsin? <laughs> no, of course not, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah like, we'll like see. last the last fucking five games here for Purdue three-point loss to Syracuse two-point win over FAU 10-point win over Minnesota two-point win against Maryland where it it had tied the game and then had it taken off the board by a penalty and then a six-point win over Nebraska like I'm not I'm not convinced by any of that there's nothing in there that that makes me think oh these guys are are going to take care of business against a team that they should beat like yeah they should they should beat Wisconsin but I don't believe in them at all I don't have any reason to think that they actually will take care of business because they they constantly fuck up this kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, um, our no-fly list games, our first one is WU at Texas Tech, 3 p.m. FS1. No thanks. Um, I have no thoughts on this game. Yeah, I'm good. 
just just All right. just to mention it. It's it's there if you want to <laughs> if you want to watch it. I guess. Yeah, I guess theoretically, if Texas Tech wins, they're still kind of hanging around the back end of the uh, <laughs> conference title race. Yeah. Um, you could you could say that if you were being generous, they could have a chance to go on yeah. a like five zero run. Many, not, yeah, not many are saying that. Many are saying that Texas Tech is not going away. Texas Tech ain't going away, <laughs> folks. Um, also in the no fly list, Memphis at Tulane. A good game. Mm. Yeah. Memphis at Tulane, 3.30 on ESPN2. Uh, as I have said in the written version of the FBI watch list, each of the last two or three weeks, these AAC teams are having a mid-off. Um, that's every AAC matchup. They're all just mid-offs. It's, it's exclusively outside of Cincinnati. It's just mid. It's, it's it, whatever. If you're interested in that sort of thing, then I can't, I can't dissuade you, but like, I just don't give a I'm shit. I'm beginning. I'm beginning to enjoy how much Tulane is pissing you off. So I'm going to start rooting for them. Man, it's I, it, Tulane is not the team with which I am taking issue in this game. I I'm, I know you hate Memphis. I'm sick know, of Memphis. Be, I'm I'm completely sick of Memphis. I I like Willie Fritz, and I do not care that he is that he is having success again. It's it's that's that's no problem for me. I would much rather it's it's him and and Tulane than than fucking Gus Malzahn and UCF. Uh, the reckoning is coming for those motherfuckers, but. Uh, Memphis specifically, ECU, Houston, like these programs are so UCF, obviously the SMU, they are all odious for the same reasons. They are the same exact program. Um, I hope Tulane wins and, and finally puts Memphis out of its fucking misery, but I'm just sick of these guys. I'm sick of this shit. No more. Yeah. Well, your problem, not mine. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 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 um, I am uh, supporting Tulane supremacy. I think it's we we need to have the end of season Tulane Cincinnati uh, ranked matchup. That's kind of, which two teams that are really not playing very well, but are just ranked because no so, one in the media remembers to watch the AAC. No, yeah. it's not actually good this year. Yeah. There are better G five teams out there. That's funny. Dude, I think it, they deserve that because if they're not going to actually watch the whole sport, then they should at least get got by two bad teams. Yeah, dude, it is um, so it is so funny that the the narrative on the AAC, even from like like outlets that that fashion themselves as being up on g5 stuff that the narrative on the aac is that it's very deep or like high quality like no this shit sucks these teams are all fucking terrible they're not good there's nothing happening here there are no good players there are no interesting schemes they're all running the same fucking (laughs) offense and they're all bad at it it sucks the, the best player in the conference season, almost inarguably, has been John Reese Plumley. Like, that's all you need to know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the best player in the league. Come on, like what are we, yeah. what are we doing yeah. here? The t- Temple, which was crucial to the AAC being as fun as it was a couple years ago, <laughs> just got seventy pieced by a fucking wide receiver playing quarterback. This league is ass. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dog bad. shit. It is CUSA level football. Awful. Awful. But again, it will be cool if we get like UCF, Cincinnati, and Tulane all to ten wins somehow. I think that's yeah. great. I think we we need that just yeah. to make sure that they all don't realize that it's actually a bad uh, a bad league. I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, you, if you were a fan of the show, you can make fun of them. You can just tweet at people their mentions and call them stupid if you want to be rude. Mm-hmm. And go be a nasty little rude follower of the show to other people, not us. Yeah, yeah, not uh, yeah. Keep that keep that out of the house. If you're gonna do that, then I don't want you to do it in my house. Just go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> a lot of you guys getting real. I'll say this: we we picked up a large Michigan contingent this season. Yeah, a lot of you guys getting real, real snippy. My mentions. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, don't you guys know that we are made men on Twitter? You can't be posting at us. You can't. You, you can't be posting. 
mostly at us. Yeah. And also, I, you guys haven't seen me be actually mean yet. Like, if you guys weren't around for last season, I mean, obviously, we didn't go Ohio State's way. But, like, you've not been around the way I act on Twitter after Ohio State beats Michigan. I will be actually rude. I don't care if you pay me money. I will be mean to you. Yeah. Like, I, I hope you guys understand <laughs> that. I will I, <laughs> I will jeopardize my own financial outcomes to be spiteful. Yeah. I don't care at all. Yeah, that, uh, that is true. <laughs> See, I don't really get any of this because nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Nobody has any idea what I'm talking about on Twitter at any at any given time. I just like uh, posting about Utah State or just like a, like I have like a grievance yeah, yeah. with the CUSA or something. <laughs> That's nobody. Nobody yeah, can posting, get mad at what I'm saying. Like a, you're posting about your beef with like the the ninth ranked team with the CUSA this season. Yeah, like, why their coaching <laughs> hire was fucked up. And we're all like, all right, yeah, yeah sure. Wow, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've got like one really mad UTEP fan in my mentions or something, and I've got the quality filter on, so I don't even know. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's it's very different lives we have fashioned for ourselves on. Whereas I I'm interacting with like I'm on a dual monitor setup so I can post yeah. angrily at 14 Texas Tech fans at the same time. <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah um all right evening Guantanamo Bay we've got two games first up Mississippi State at Alabama 7 p.m. on ESPN. Um, man, I'm going to be honest. I don't really care about this one. I get that like, oh, it's a, I don't know if Mississippi State's still ranked, but it's, it's in theory, basically a ranked matchup. It's Alabama with a chance to bounce back. It's Mississippi, Mississippi State with a chance to bounce back. I just like, this matchup is not appealing to me in any way. I, I, I I don't think I'm even going to, I don't think I'm even really going to keep track of this one. Um, I'm curious if Uh. you have a different view on it. I have a take I'm going to say to you personally that I'm going to ask you to beep out from the podcast. Okay. Uh, so just if you're ready to write the timestamp down here, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say to you that I'll, that I'll get my analysis afterwards. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think they're going to... So I'll, I'll go back to my analysis now. You, you can... Hope you beep all that out. Hope the audience is not hearing what I just said. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> I think that Mississippi State is going to cover but not win. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, the alternative here is either Mississippi State like loses by like I don't know 14 points after Alabama scores late, or they just don't show up at all and Alabama wins like 56 and nothing, and, and like just to get this game off their chest game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this I don't is, really care. I, I would I say for Mississippi State, not an ideal time to get Alabama. Not the best circumstances <laughs> under which you can be playing Alabama generally. Not not exactly what you're looking for. But I would think that too. But like, you know, if you're Alabama, your response to that game should be like, well, fuck, we're the most talented team in the country. Let's get back out there and like fucking go do it. Yeah. And instead you have Will Anderson talking to me about how he was scared before the game and he was anxious and they weren't like mentally prepared. Like that's his response to that game. Can't he was just like, publicly saying like, yeah, we were pretty scared. Like, that's crazy, dude. What the like, fuck? that's fucking. You're fucking Alabama. What What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? Yeah, we were terrified. Yeah. What? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, that's that. Dude, he should be. I mean, roasted for that quote forever. They have lost all semblance of dog in them. Yeah. Um, my, my man has got. So I mean, my man has got Thayer Munford syndrome in his bones. It's in his DNA. Yeah. Can't get it out. <laughs> That is uh, so. I, I think the answer is that Mississippi State loses this game because they're just not very good. But I don't know. There could be some narrative watch going on here. There's there's a narrative I said that was peeped out, uh, and the narrative that mm-hmm. uh, 
of just Bama bounce back shit. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the more interesting game to me is Re- Kansas State and TCU. Which, oh, go ahead. Go ahead Real quick, just I, I I wonder like I I'm not gonna do the research on this. I don't care enough. But I don't I don't imagine that there has ever been a matchup, a college football matchup between two offenses that are as as highly thought of as as, as productive as these two are that I am complete that, that I am less interested in. Right. Like like to look at these two offenses and to to see like oh, this could be a really fun shootout. Like, that is completely different than what I see in this game. Yeah, to clarify, Alabama's offense is a failed state. We should put this out. Like, (laughs) Alabama is not scoring points because of their offense. They're scoring points because they have, like, two five-stars in the backfield. That's why they're scoring points. That's the only reason. Yeah, and and Mississippi State, I just hate watching that offense in general. Like, the the air raid as a concept, I just don't don't care for. Yeah. so I just like I I really it would probably need to be like a a late stage Big Twelve matchup like a 2018 Big Twelve matchup that would that would top it. But this is this has that that exact feel to me where it's like oh Oklahoma's playing against Texas Tech it's gonna be really high scoring. It's like yeah but it's gonna be really shitty. It's gonna be really high scoring in like the shittiest possible, which is guys running wide open, just just wide fucking open all game. Not fun to watch. Not interesting. Um, I, I would, yeah, I, I would like guess. to see. I mean, Mike Leach should just be doing. He should just be copying the the John Hickle playbook. It's not like it's hard to learn. You can install those plays in one week, yeah. right? Like you can teach your players to line up wide and run a vertical, yeah. <laughs> like in a day's practice. You should just be doing with that what they did in that stack formation until Alabama proves they can stop it against yeah. anybody. Like, that would be really funny. Received. That would be really fun. I don't think that they will, but that would be really funny. <laughs> oh, of course they will. They're going to run their usual bullshit. It's going to get shut down because Alabama knows how to stop that. But yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. It would be really, really funny. They should. It's so you. It's I. I would like to him to take the Josh Heupel challenge and prove that any team in America can install Josh Heupel's offense with one week of practice. Yeah, because it's not many plays. Yeah, the idea of Mike Leach adjusting on the fly for a big game is very <laughs> funny. It was just just changing his entire career. Just just for the first time ever, Mike Leach has prepared for a game specifically. It's just not <laughs> not what the man does. He has not watched opponent film in twenty five years does not do it no thanks yeah, i'm good yeah, doesn't care fair <laughs> enough anyway you were you were mentioning the other game here kansas state at tcu 8 p.m on fox uh i like this i like this i think that this is good fun styles clash interested of course to watch quentin johnston who has become what we were hoping he would be uh and then kansas state running a, a entirely different really could not be more different style of offense but also has been successful this year um this is fun. Yeah. This is fun. I'm Adrian glad that Martinez this is meaningful. Still has not thrown a pick, by the way. I don't know if you've yeah. seen the stats. Adrian He's Martinez, been great. Is, he, he used, I believe the number was that he averaged one once every 38 dropbacks at, at Nebraska. Uh-huh. And is now, uh, he has thrown the ball. Let me pull up the exact stats here. Uh, he has thrown the ball, I'm sure, over 200 times this season without without one pick yet. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, he's been so great, I, man. It's I'm really, I, I really am happy for him because he's been so good this year. Um, fun to watch. Fun to watch them play. I'm excited about this one. I think that this is going to be a really interesting, really enjoyable game just as a, as a viewing experience, really. Yeah. It's hard for me to like figure out what I actually expect to happen. Yeah. I, I have I know, no idea. You know, <laughs> I've gotten, I've got no clue. You, you know, my that, instincts like, go, yeah. go ahead. I say my, my, I, I say I've been picking against TCU so many games in a row that I'm about to finally pick them. Yeah. I think they're, I think they've just really improved their offense and kind of <laughs> fixed it, which you know, means they are immediately going to shit their pants and lose this game. Yeah. Of right. Course. Like a hundred percent. They should have lost last week against Oklahoma state, but Oklahoma state gifted them a comeback and then lost in overtime. Um, this game's at home. I don't think Kansas state's like 
I think Kansas State's a solid football team that hasn't really had to do much yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 yeah. like, I don't know. They, they, they got to play uh, – the Power 5 teams they played this season are Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. And two of or all three of those four games are close football games. Yeah. Like, I don't have any reason to believe Kansas State is actually good. So I think TCU probably wins this one. Yeah, um, I, I'm interested. And the fraud continues for another week. Yeah, it is. It is going to be wild. TCU just, just, just uh, scamming its way through this schedule somehow. Um, I guess at some point, I don't know at what point we would determine that they are actually good. Like maybe if you win this one, you you start to get into that territory as a fucking top ten team that we will decide that you are actually good. Um, Do you have to decide that? Because if they win this one in Kansas State, there again, no notable Power Five wins. Yeah. Uh, that's then fair. they get to play. Then, then TC gets to play West Virginia and Texas Tech before playing Texas. Uh-huh. So they might be like top five with no, like, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? With no discernible traits. Yeah, if they manage to sneak one out against Texas, then it would be at Baylor and Iowa State to end the season. TCU being 12-0 and without having like a single win that we respect would be really funny. Yeah, that would- <laughs> I, I think it's a good move by them. Like, I guess I kind of respect the Oklahoma State win, but I think that's more about Oklahoma State fucking it up yeah. than it was TCU like doing anything special i got the tcu offense is cool i'll give him this it's a yep. very cool we know sunny dykes is a good offense we respect sunny what he does that's yeah. that's fine i i do have but, a sort of just a latent fear that that it, it uh, sits with every tcu game especially against capable defenses of uh max duggan who like at some point is going to be max duggan again he has or is he of, just kenny pickett is he just kenny pickett i don't think he hasn't been like very good recently the last couple of games i don't think he was especially good he just quentin johnston went nuts but like those are just curl routes it's not like he's doing anything special i don't think that max duggan has been particularly good these last couple of weeks and they've still won and i just like i have to think that the disaster game is coming he's been he's been teetering on the edge for a little while now i have to think it's going to hit one of these times Will it hit in a big game? I don't know. It, it would almost make more sense that it's like, oh, they lose at West Virginia because Max Duggan throws five interceptions, right? Like that. That would be cool. That has yeah. been the Max Duggan playbook. But yeah, I, it's very difficult for me to think that he's just going to go through an entire season without shitting his pants at least once. <laughs> I completely agree. You know, I agree. But I've just predicted it so many weeks in a row that I'm just like, yeah. I'm just floating down the river here and waiting for it to happen with no expectations of when it will. Yeah. I know TCU will fuck up. I just don't know when it's coming, and I've I'm stopped predicting it. Yeah. Uh, but it's coming. Just yeah. just T- rest assured. TCU is sort of in the in the uh, the Ole Miss, Clemson, formerly the USC zone, where it's just like, come on, come on. It's uh, Syracuse as well. Like, come on, we can't keep doing this, right? And uh, I guess Penn State would be in that category too. And some of those teams, like Penn State and USC, have have met the grisly end that they deserved. Um, and you have to think that they're going to be joined here at some point because, like, come on, let's let's not. I don't need. I don't know that we need to pretend. I don't know who we're trying to fool. Like, come on, this has to end at some point. Um, maybe this is the week. Most wanted: Minnesota at Penn State. Speaking of Penn State, seven thirty on ABC. Uh, I don't, I, not for me. I'm, I'm okay. This, uh, this is, hang me. on, hang on. Let me, let me, let me talk you into it. Okay. This is the B1G ARG underscore Ryan's the haters upset special of the week. Yeah. Because Minnesota is just going to do the exact, is going to try to do the exact same game plan Michigan just did. They're not going to okay. change yeah. anything. Yeah. Like they're just a slightly worse version of, mm. uh, not slightly, I, I guess <laughs> a, a decently worse version 
here's the thing. They're worse than Michigan. They're not 24 points worse than Michigan, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they they average, like, 0.2 yards per carry less than Michigan does. They're the right tackle when Moby Brigham's playing, which he is in this game. Uh, they have a better defense than Michigan statistically. I think their scoring offense is slightly worse, but, like, the SP plus has them is better. Yeah. Um, they're just going to play Penn State the exact same way Michigan played them, which is totally ignore the best part of Penn State's defense, just the corners, run the ball down their throat so they prove they can stop it, and, and just, like, frustrate Sean Clifford and, and, and Nick Saylor at the point of tears. Like, yeah. they can blow up the, D, the O-line of Penn State. Um, I, I don't, I'm not saying outright they're going to win. This is a it's a whiteout game of Penn State. The, the environment is always nuts, but, like, what does Minnesota care, right? Like if you if you just run the ball forty five times for four hundred yards, that crowd's gonna be pretty fucking quiet at the end of it, right? Yeah. Like it's, how do we feel about the, how do we feel about them okay. doing that without Tanner Morgan? Because it seems like he probably isn't gonna play in this game. How do we feel about that? Who cares? You don't think Tanner Morgan's good? Either do I? No, I I know I don't. But it is <laughs> he is forty five years old, and that would be helpful in this kind of environment. Minnesota will only throw the football if Penn State proves they can hold them to less than like six yards of carry. And I don't think Penn State can do that. Yeah. Uh, I also, I look at the numbers today for my Big Ten preview article, uh, which you could read, I mean, at midfield.com. Uh, and I saw that Penn State has now given up more than 350 rushing yards in three of its last 13 games. That's, um, a, lot. that's a lot of yards. That's a lot of rushing that's yards. A, <laughs> that's a lot of rushing yards. And it's not like it... Uh, Illinois did it last year, Arkansas did it last year, and Michigan did it this year, obviously. Yeah. The, and and Minnesota has the same rushing attack as Illinois did last year. It's the same design. There's no difference. Yeah. Uh, it's just the same thing. I don't think they can stop it. I'm 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 betting they can't. I don't think again. I think Minnesota might win this game. I'm not sure if I'm outright predicting that, but um, this one is going to be a lot sweatier than Penn State fans want to admit. Uh, and it's going to come with the inevitable certainty that this team is not good. Like Penn State fans will be able to acknowledge after this game that they do suck as a football team. Yeah. Um, but we'll still win 10 games uh, in spite of that. Mm. So, well, if you lose this one, they're certainly not going to win 10 games. <laughs> Fair enough. They lose this one, they're winning nine <laughs> games. But like the, the last four games of the schedule don't matter. They play Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State. Like they're going nine and three at worst. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, I I'm I'm out on Penn State. I was already out of out on Penn State, but I am out on them in this game specifically because um, I I know that Sean Clifford cannot go and win you a game, and that rushing attack, the pe- everyone was lying. Everyone was outright lying when they said, "Oh, Penn State has a decent rushing attack. Oh, they're getting explosive plays." No, they aren't. Not real. Made up. It was it was false. That is incorrect. Nick Singleton is not doing that. Katron Allen is not doing that. When they play a competent defense, they they cannot do that. They cannot move the ball at all. They have nothing going on on offense. I I I think Minnesota is going to win the game outright. I think Penn State is bad. I think that Penn State is capital B bad. I do not believe in them even a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I I get it. I think they're. I, I wouldn't say outright bad. They're just clearly not a serious like this is a team that if they played in the, in the big 12 this year would go like seven and five but because the big 10 is so uh, uh, the the middle and bottom of the conference is so weak that they're they're gonna be able to just go nine and three or ten and two yeah so um yeah. we have three games the no finals patrick starting with boise state at air force seven o'clock on cbs sports network um two teams that are back in it in the mountain west yeah i mean they're very much alive in the mountain west mm. the state is leading uh leading the mountainside three and oh yeah uh air force is still has two losses in conference obviously but it's five and two overall now 
um, can very much put themselves back in the conversation with a win this week. Yeah, Air Force is going to need some help. It would need uh, two Utah State losses because it lost to Utah State, and Utah State only has one conference loss to this point. But Fair enough, a yeah. win here would put it in pretty good position because um, then it would just need it would need Boise to lose one more time, which Boise still has. Uh, there, still, there has could also be some tiebreaker scenarios too. By the way, it doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah. 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 Boise still has Wyoming and Utah State on the schedule. Um, the mountain is kind of a mess, and this is going to help to suss that out a little bit. Unless if Air Force wins, which I personally. I think it will. I think Air Force is better than Boise State. I don't really understand where all of this excitement around Boise State has come from. They were like, we were talking about them firing their coach a couple weeks ago. It was bad. It was really, really not good. Um, I think that Air Force is going yeah. to win here, which is going to kind of throw a wrench into everything. But I'm uh, I'm interested. I'm interested I think, I think to the see excitement, it. by the way, is because they, they throttle two teams that people usually think are good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like San Diego State and Fresno State have the reputation of being good usually. But yeah are a combined five and nine this season or five yeah. and seven. Sorry. Yeah. And Fresno uh, state was, was operating still and still is operating without its, its entire offense with, uh, with Jake Hayner out. Um, right. Yeah. That, that is, that is definitely playing a role was like, Oh, Boise state's fixed. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's just because people, again, people don't actually watch these games. So there's just a lot of like, well, those are like the three good teams usually in the mountain West. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's those are the brands, right? San Diego state, Fresno state, and Boise state. Yeah. And if you beat those two teams by a combined, like, 45 points then they've got to be good right yeah so we'll see yeah we'll, uh, i think we'll they're see. a softball team i agree they could lose this game they're definitely in, in jeopardy of doing so um when they play uh, uh air yeah. force, air, so air, force see it. air force was dominant this past weekend dominant against unlv absolutely did not let them up off the mat unlv has been working without doug brumfield but still it was it was an impressive showing from air force offensively especially um also here, another mid-off, UCF at ECU, 7.30 on ESPNU, and then Pitt at Louisville, 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Louisville one is on here because every game for the rest of the season is a potential firing game for Scott Satterfield, apparently. Just can't be can't be losing games, I guess, if you're Scott Satterfield. If you lose, you will be fired, uh, which creates a very fun dynamic. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah, everyone on the team is excited. They're clapping. They're having tons of fun. Yeah. They're, all, they're all enjoying this. Yeah, everyone is really having a very good time at louisville it seems like everyone is enjoying themselves and it is not at all bad um the aac game man i don't i don't give a shit i don't care i don't want to watch either of these teams i would guess that ucf wins it would be really funny if they didn't um that's it that's all i have to say on the matter uh yeah that's (laughs) i think i think ucf should roll but i don't know we'll see um if, if, I don't know, Pitt at Louisville, uh, I don't care. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, late night, <laughs> late night, Guantanamo Bay game, Utah State at Wyoming, 945 on FS2, if you have FS2. Um, personally, I'm just going to be there. That's my plan, is I'll just be there. Um, staying in, in good old uh, Rollin. Rollins? Rollin? Can't remember the name of it, Wyoming. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. This is... What's your address? You're going to be staying at, Patrick? If baseball officers <laughs> want to murder you, what is the place uh, you're going to? Uh, can't remember. I'm sure that there's probably only really the one hotel in town. So if you want to kill me, <laughs> probably not going to be that hard to find me. Um, dude, hotels in Laramie this week were like $350. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Damn. ridiculous um but this is another one of those those uh, games that will help to determine the mountain division the winner here is not necessarily in the driver's seat unless boise state loses to air force at which it is very much in the driver's seat but 
Uh, either winner would continue to control their own destiny as they have the last couple of weeks. Wyoming is as Wyoming was. I think that they are pretty much identical to the team that they have been for the entire time that Craig Bull has been there. Credit to him. I didn't think they were going to be that. I didn't think that they were going to be that level of competent, and they are. Um, he's a good football coach. He is. He's a good football coach. Their, their talent level is such that they're pretty limited ceiling-wise, but that floor is stable in a way that I, I did not expect. Um, I personally think Wyoming's probably going to win this game, not because of any real belief in Wyoming, but because I think Utah State's probably going to start a true freshman quarterback because starter Cooper Lega has a concussion and backup Levi Williams has an ankle injury. So I think it's going to be Bishop Davenport who finished out the game against Colorado State, had his moments, but largely was limited. He has not taken any practice reps at all until this this week he was the fourth stringer coming into the season and there was not a reason to give him practice reps so he was just doing drill work um so interested to see what he can do having actually practiced within the offense ever but it is still that is enough for me to think that wyoming probably wins this game but i'm interested i think that utah state's defense is good enough that it can go out and, and 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 get this one even with a uh a true freshman at quarterback I agree with everything you just said. Okay, most wanted. Washington at California, 1030 on ESPN. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's on. Don't uh, watch this game. Look, it's Saturday night, game. baby. Go out. Go see your friends. What are you doing? Come yeah. on. Go have some fun. You, you got – here's what you're going to do. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, text a friend you haven't seen in a while. See somebody you know you haven't talked to in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, hit them up. See what's going on. Uh, hang out with them. I do not endorse that. I I do not support texting your friends under any circumstances. Can't be doing that. Can't can't be can't be doing that. Um, I am going to recommend, however, if you're going to go out, you're going to want to be home by 11 p.m. One because that's your bedtime, and two because Montana is going to <laughs> Sacramento State on ESPN two. These are two top ten teams in the FCS. Um. That's all. You're a sick that's, little man. That's it. That's it. These are two top 10 teams in the FCS. You know you want to. You know you want to get home in time to turn this one on and watch the entirety of it. If you don't watch every snap of Montana Sacramento State, unfortunately, you're an unserious person. You just you don't care about ball enough. Um, that's it. That's the list. Uh, Ryan, anything else? Yeah. What, what, no, what? dude. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing else. Fuck All right. no, dude. <laughs> All right. We're out of no, here. We're good. We're out of here. We'll catch All you guys right. on, on Monday morning.